You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Shotgun back to Aiden O'Connell, throws the slant, caught by Myers, spins out of a tackle, touchdown Raiders. Quick throw to Jacoby Myers, who spun out of there and got in the end zone. And for Aiden O'Connell, he has his first career passing touchdown late in the fourth quarter here in Chicago. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oya Hotel and Casino, it's Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Q. It was exactly that on Sunday. It was a hard knocks life for the Silver and Black as they uh, dropped to the Chicago Bears 30-12 to and dropped their overall record to 3-4 and on the season. You heard the highlight right there with Jason Horowitz on the call, Aiden O'Connell to Jacoby Myers, garbage time touchdown. Uh, and I know you don't want to say anything is garbage time, but it was late in the game where you know it really didn't matter at that point. And even Jacoby's response when he got the touchdown catch was, okay, great, and just kind of threw the ball on the ground and was ready to uh, go back to the huddle. Again, the Raiders lose 30-12, to drop their overall record to 3-4 and on the season, and now have a date with the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football for Week 8 action. Of course, it's going to be a very difficult game. Welcome into Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We are at the OYO. The Underground Lounge is a spot that we're at inside the OYO. But we're here every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. And, of course, tonight you'll get the 49ers and the Minnesota Vikings. The 49ers have had a little bit of time to lick their wounds from their uh, their loss to the Cleveland Browns. And the Minnesota Vikings are, well, they're still the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm expecting Minnesota to lose this game to San Francisco. I feel like San Francisco is really going to kind of get their their way about themselves back after dropping that game to Cleveland. But – they're dealing with some injuries of their own. Debo Samuel is out. Trent Williams is banged up. He's questionable for the game. Christian McCaffrey is supposed to give it a go, but he's a little banged up as well. So there's a reason why they play the games. Uh, I know we can always look at them on paper and say this should be a win, this should be a loss, this should be a win, this should be a loss. But until they go out there and play the game and actually uh, put it on the grass, then we really do not know. So that will be the Monday night football game, of course, here at the Oyo. There's so many different TVs to choose from. In about, I don't know, five minutes from now, the ALCS will be on between, or the NLCS, excuse me, between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. So hopefully we'll have one of them on these many TVs that we have to choose from here uh, because it is Game 7, right? Game 7 in the NLCS, Game 7 in the ALCS. You can watch all that right here at the Oyo. Of course, you can get a bunch of food and drink specials that they have going on. Everything here has been remodeled. Got some nice chairs, got some nice couches. The wall-to-wall TVs action is awesome. I'm up here against the brick wall. It's kind of cool looking as well. It's just a nice little layout, so we definitely encourage you to come on by. And, oh, by the way, you may have heard of this team called the Las Vegas Aces. They're going to have a parade tonight, so you might as well make your way this way already, right? Come on to the Oyo, hang out for a little while, then make your way to the parade like it's your one-stop shop. Why not? Uh, just it's you know come on by say what's up uh get a t-shirt get a hat get a well no not a hat just kidding get a koozie get a cup i had everyone looking like where's the hat at (laughs) oh no we don't have the hats but we do have uh cups we have koozies we have glasses uh some sunglasses some t-shirts we have the the new bottle opener the raider nation radio 920 bottle opener uh that is pretty awesome as well so uh you can get hooked up with all kind of prizes plus tickets UNLV, we got some UNLV tickets as well. Of course, UNLV has punched their uh, their way to a bowl game with their sixth victory on the season on Saturday over Colorado State at Allegiant Stadium. And I know a lot of Raider Nation went out there to check out that game, and we gave a lot of tickets to uh, Raider Nation to go out there and enjoy that game on Sunday so, or on Saturday, excuse me, at Allegiant Stadium. So I'm glad that you were able to see that a hell of a win by Coach Odom and company. Shout out to UNLV, who are now bowl eligible, six and one on the season, with the only loss of the season coming. Do the hands of Michigan, which I don't know if you heard, they're a pretty good team. So 
not matter what UNLV has got going on. So we've got a lot going on here today at the Oyo, of course, coming off a Raiders loss. It is not a day that Raider Nation is super fired up, super excited about, I know. I've been hearing uh, all the response and all the frustrations now for about 24 hours, maybe a little bit more, so I get it. And we're here for you, right? We're here for you. We want to hear from you. We're going to have some really good guests on the show today, but, I mean, look, this is what we're here for. This is here to vent your frustrations. I know sometimes it gets personal. Try not to get personal, but we know how it is sometimes, and, you know, we're going to try to do the very best we can to navigate through the waters, get calls, get texts, and, of course, our really good guests that we have coming up on the show. Plus, we got some locker room sound. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor, who was in Chicago, I definitely appreciate him. He sent it over this morning. As a matter of fact, sent over some Devontae Adams sound, Max Crosby sound, and Amik Robertson. So you hear from all three of those guys throughout the course of the show what their immediate thoughts were following the game. And, of course, it was not good thoughts because it was a game that many people, including myself, thought that they should go into Chicago in the Soldier Field and win. I know Raider Nation was there loud and proud. I saw all the pictures of the parties that were going on. I know a lot of people personally that were there in Chicago and uh, left disappointed. Our guy Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com, who joins us each and every Friday, texted me about halfway through the game, and he said, Q, what the hell is going on? This Raiders team, I'm here with my daughter. She sang the national anthem. She did a hell of a job. Matter of fact, they're going to have her back singing it again. Apparently, that's how good of a job she did. Uh, they're going to kind of sign her up for multiple opportunities to do that. So that's great for her. I'm glad to uh, hear that. I always, I always root for people to succeed. I never want anyone not, not to succeed. Uh, there's plenty of room for everyone to succeed. So shout out to uh, Lee Sterling's daughter, Brooke, for being able to uh, hold that down and do a hell of a job with the national anthem. But he texted me during the game. It was like, man, I don't know what's going on. I expected a much better team than this coming in but with the Raiders, and there's just a no-show. And I said, man. Your guess is as good as mine, brother. I'm sitting on the couch watching the game, and I have as many questions as you, probably more. And matter of fact, I, I came away from that game with more questions than I have answers as the Raiders drop to 3-4. and four. But as far as the guests that we have coming up on the show, always pride ourselves with the guests that we have. Amber Thea Harris, Sirius XM Radio and Silver and Black Show. She'll join us at 2.30. She's always a breath of fresh air. She's always, uh, you know, telling it how it is. She, she sees it and she tells it, and we appreciate it. Of course, she does a really good show with James Jones and Eric Allen, the Silver and Black show following games. She does a pregame show. She does a postgame show. She's all over it, and, uh, you know, she'll tell us what she sees. And she's been covering the NFL for a very long time, so I definitely appreciate any time we get an opportunity to catch up with her. So she'll join us at 2.30 to talk all things Silver and Black. Uh, in the 3 o'clock hour, starting at 3 o'clock, you'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We met with him earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. So you'll hear from him, some sound bites from him. Then also in that hour, you'll hear from uh, Devontae, Max Crosby, and Meek Robertson. Again, the locker room sound that Vinny sent over and, uh, and a little bit more. So we have a loaded 3 o'clock hour for you as well. As far as guests, our next guest will be at 4 o'clock. Trey Wingo from the 33rdteam.com. He'll join us to talk all things NFL. I always like to have a national guy on to talk uh, NFL in general, just to talk about where we are in the season as far as, you know, just uh, the outlook of the season. And, and we're through seven weeks. You know, this game tonight, this Monday night football game, we'll put a cap on week seven and we'll start looking forward to week eight. But we'll scatter shoot with different NFL storylines with Trey Wingo, uh, including the fact that the Eagles made a tra trade earlier today for uh, Kevin Byard, got a little safety help. After beating the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football, they went out and said, you know what, we still got to get better, so let's go, ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and make a trade for Kevin Byard from the Tennessee Titans and, and bolster up that back end of the, the Eagles defense. So we'll talk all things NFL with Trey Wingo. And then at 4.30, I believe 4.30, Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and also the Review Journal, he'll join us. He's actually making his way back from Chicago right now. Normally he joins us at 2.30 on Mondays, but since he's flying back from Chicago, we gave him a little bit of wiggle room. So uh, there could be a chance that he might join us at 3.30, but most likely he's going to join us at 4.30. So Amber Theo Harris, Trey Wingo, and Ed Graney, 2.30, 4 o'clock, and 4.30 are the guests that we have 
have live on the show. And, of course, we have plenty of sound from the Raiders locker room. And, of course, we'll get into some topics as well as I like to bring to the table each and every day. So those are the guests that we have coming up. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Of course, I'd like to bring a couple topics to the table. We saw the Raiders go out there and take the field. Brian Hoyer was a starting quarterback, and, well, the Raiders just stunk it up. You know, from the quarterback to the defense to everybody, just did not play a very good game at all. Uh, lose the game again 30-12. to 12. I was very much in the in the category and the stance that Brian Hoyer should get the one-time start. Uh, I've had a lot of people ask me to explain it, even though I've explained it a thousand times. I will do it one more time. I thought that made, it made sense for Brian Hoyer to start as a veteran who could go in there and not make mistakes. And for a one-time thing, may, it would make sense. If you're going to start Aiden O'Connell, I've said a thousand times that I thought it would make more sense to start him two, three, four, five games as opposed to one game. That is it. That is all. Right? I have nothing against Aiden O'Connell, as many have pointed out that they think I do. I do not. I, I've stuck with the same stance since week three, and I've stuck with it through this week. Clearly, the start by Brian Hoyer was a bad start. Clearly, that was the wrong decision. I have no problem coming out and saying I was wrong. And to be 100% honest, I don't even know if Aiden O'Connell started if it would have made any difference because that was a total team failure as far as I'm concerned what we saw on Sunday. Now, you can point out the, the positives that you can find them. I like to be a guy that's glass half full. I don't see the glass. I don't see the glass. Right, I mean, I just it, there there wasn't too much. I don't think to take away from that game that you would feel like is positive. But again, I mean, it's one week. You you look at the film, you throw it away, and then you worry about the next game because the season is far from over. You got a lot that you have to still work on, but you have to realize what went wrong, why it went wrong, and clean that up. That's got to be their number one job. So, with that being said, how far a step back do you think this loss was to the Bears? A game that you should have won. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll maintain that they should have won that game. You're, going, you're dealing with an undrafted free agent as a starting quarterback. You're dealing with an offensive line that was in shambles. You're dealing with a, a, a head coach that had been on the hot seat for about four weeks. There's just all kind of um, ups and downs, roller coaster affair going on in Chicago. You know, guys on the defensive side of things that are talking about getting traded, right? Jalen Johnson, the guy who had a couple interceptions off the Raiders on Sunday, he's been in trade conversations. Matter of fact, he's a guy that I suggested, hey, if he's available, the Raiders should go get him. After the performance he had on Sunday, I don't think Chicago's going to let him go anywhere. They're like, oh, the hell with that. That's a really good player. Let's go ahead and hold on to that. So how far of a step back do you think this loss to the Bears were and why? And then what are you looking for the rest of the way? Right, they're 3-4. and four. I, I look at the next five games on the schedule. They're very tough. That doesn't mean that they can't win, but they're very tough starting this week with Detroit, who, oh, by the way, is coming off a beatdown by the Baltimore Ravens, so they're probably going to have a little edge to them, have a little something in their neck, I like to say, right? They're going to they're gonna be ready to get after it. Monday night football in their house, yeah, I think that they're going to bring some heat. So it's going to be a tough five-game stretch that they got coming up, but that's why they go out there and they play the game. So, again, what are you looking for from the silver and black the rest of the way? How far a step back was this loss to the Bears, in your opinion? 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. &R. We'll go ahead to the text line first. Sir Whiskey Ray leads us off. He's getting his Ricky Henderson on. Say, what's happening, gentlemen, on this Therapy Monday? I'll be perfectly clear on this. I was completely wrong on my keys to the game last Friday. I was all for Hoyer starting, 
No Jacobs running wild. No 27-point score by our offense, and our defense doing, didn't do anything to stop the Bears quarterback. There's no other way to put it. We got our butts kicked, Q. I was hoping that O'Donnell would step in in the third quarter to spark our offense, but when I saw Hoyer out there, I knew right then we weren't going to win. Just like everyone else, I was extremely disappointed about yesterday's game, but now I've moved forward, and it's on to Detroit. I'll stay positive here. Thanks, as always, gentlemen. Need me some good Raider therapy. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Definitely appreciate that. And, yeah, I thought for a chance, a second there that, that Aiden O'Connell would come in at halftime or following halftime, and when he didn't, I thought, okay, well, they're just going to go ahead and rock with, uh, with, with, with Hoyer the rest of the way. And then he threw that pick six, and I was like, all right, we've got to get – that guy out of there. So thanks so much for that text, Sir Whiskey Ray. Definitely appreciate you. Let's go out to Oakland. Let's go out to the Five and Dime and talk to our guy, Rich. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Rich? Hey, right, good afternoon, Q. What's up, man? Yeah, it's a terrible step back. It's what it is. You know, last year, I was patient. I've been patient with McDaniels and the coaching staff because Raider Nation wanted him fired since last year. And I was like, you know what? For me, to be honestly, a logically approach is to give a coaching staff two years, you know, but I've seen enough. Let's call it spade a spade. He's, he might be the worst, uh, the worst coach in the league, period. You know what I mean? All these terrible losses that he has. He lost to, uh, you know, the Saints game getting shut out. And then you lost to, to the coaching staff that have barely, you know, the, the high school coach from the Colts. You lost at home. And then you lost to Baker Mayfield off of a few days of practice. And then you're making all these decisions in time. You know, it doesn't make any sense, bro. It doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make any sense to me. I get it that you wanted Hoyer. Other people wanted Hoyer. You know, you want to ride the hot hand. But we know who Hoyer is. He's been 0-12 in the last 12 right. starts. We, we, we get that. We get that. That clearly was a mistake. We get that. We've all, we've all admitted it. I get it. You, you don't have oh, to throw yeah. the stats out there. We get it. Go ahead. I got a ton no, of calls. I'm not, That's all I'm trying not, to I'm do. Not, I'm, not getting, I'm not getting on you, Q. I'm saying, like, in general, because I did see a lot of people, like, it was kind of the smart move. But once Hoyer is struggling and you ain't put up no points, you feel me? Throw Aiden in the second half. But, nah, McDaniels, he's too prideful. And like I said, I gave him a chance because you have to logically give a coaching staff time. And I did that, but it's like, come on now. You know, we don't have a quarterback. All three quarterbacks on the roster, they stink, all right? We don't know what Aiden has, but it is what it is now. What we need is a franchise-changing quarterback. So I know that people are not going to want to hear this, especially, you know, people that were, you know, working for Raiders and all this. We want to keep optimism high, but it's, there, there is no optimism. We need a, a, top, a top three pick going into next year's draft, and we need to either get Caleb or we need to get Drake May or one of the top quarterbacks. That's period. Because we need a franchise-changing quarterback, a mobile quarterback with a big arm. It's time somebody will be able to change this franchise because it's had a stench on it for so long, and nothing's able to shake it. And it all falls back on Mark Davis. He's my boy, but if he doesn't make the right move to get rid of McDaniels, then, then, then what are we doing here? And I'm not calling for him to be fired today because that's unrealistic. But fire him when it's time to fire him because he just ain't got it. He's just a loser. The only good thing that McDaniels has done for the Raiders franchise is get rid of Derek Carr because he's a loser too, period. Yeah, straight day, though, you. Hey, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. And, look, this is the deal. And I've said it before that I felt like this staff has at least a three-year window. I really do. And I, I still believe that they have a three-year window, which, as we know, uh, we can look at it and say, okay, it's only been – this is the second year. I just don't know how many more of these resume builders that aren't very flat, flattering uh, are going to be tolerated. I, and I don't. And that's just a gut feeling for me, right? I don't have any idea. I know someone's going to call and say, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. Look, I, I, it ain't about me doing anything. What I know is that these kind of losses, like you mentioned, the one against the Colts and Jeff Saturday, not good. 
the loss against the Saints and not passing the 50-yard line until like late in the fourth quarter, not good. Uh, losing to Arizona after being up 20 points at halftime, not good. I get it. This one, definitely not good, right? I mean, there's, there's some resumes, resume builders in, in, a, in a negative way, not a positive. So I don't know how many of those kind of bad performances that a staff is going to be allowed to have. I just don't, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it just kind of is what it is. You can have a plan, but if you don't see the plan develop in the way it's supposed to plan, things could always change. Again, it's not up to me to make the change. It's up to the people that matter, you know, Mark Davis and company, when they decide that they've seen enough. That's, that's the bottom line when it comes to that. But thanks for the call. I appreciate you. Let's go out to Portland talk to our guy, Robert. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Yeah, to, uh, as a fellow East Bayite, um, I'm from Castro Valley. I know you were in Hayward. Can you imagine, Peter, if they were still in Oakland and Peters was uh, <laughs> at Ricky's <laughs> or anywhere right. near East 14 after that ridiculous performance of yesterday in Chicago? Yeah, that would be bad. That would be really bad. I don't think that uh, I don't think it would be taken too too lightly. Do you think he would have played the way he did in Chicago if they were still Oakland Raiders? I'm just a rhetorical question. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't have any idea on that one. I wouldn't have, but, but Robert, thanks, thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Uh, look, Marcus Peters had a terrible day, and he hasn't really done anything this season. And I knew that you weren't getting vintage Marcus Peters. I knew you weren't getting, you know, Pro Bowl, not Hall of Famer, Pro Bowler Marcus Peters. I knew you weren't getting that guy, young Marcus Peters. But the effort is just, I mean, the the lack of effort is just, just maddening. Right, and I said it. I've said it since he signed with the team. I, I, he's not a guy that's going to wow you with his tackling ability, and he does a lot of the Olay tackling. And what I mean by that is like a bullfighter, right? He's standing there with the little red, the little red sheet, and he's like Olay, Olay, and you know, and just tr- basically trying to. There's two things I hate when it comes to Olay. That's that Olay tackling, and and when you're a basketball player and you're trying to do that Olay defense, I can't stand that uh, either. That's that's you know, that's not the way to play play it, and and he just. The effort that he gave was so lackluster. And I'll tell you, the energy that the team had in general, that was what really confused me watching the game. I didn't see anyone outside of Max really just busting their butt around the field. You know, I saw Max hustling. You know, of course, Devontae's out there hustling. Josh is trying to do his best. But outside of that, man, it just wasn't a good day to, to, to have a good day. They, those guys, it's like they got off the bus and, and they were lethargic. I, I said this on my podcast this morning that it felt like one of those vintage – Raider 10 a.m. kickoff games that I felt like they were way beyond already. I didn't even think that that was a thing anymore, right? There was a time whenever they kicked off at 10 a.m., you always expected some kind of lackluster performance. I felt like that that's what that was, but that shouldn't be an excuse anymore. Like, you, you play what time you play, man. Just, just go out there and do what you do. Get your mind right and go. Maybe they listened to me too much and thought that they're going to go in there and collect a dub, right? You got to actually go out there and earn a dub, man. You can't just show up and, and collect your check and get a, get a W like that. That's not going to get it done, but that's what it felt like, that there just was, you know, there was an expectation that the game was won before they ever got there. That's what I think was so maddening as far as I'm concerned. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick to talk to our guy Greg and Henderson. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, man, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. So just watching over years, listening to you, I think you're right. I mean, the effort's there with the key core. But the thing that I've noticed, it just seems like we're out coached every single game. And being a Raider fan, it's just disappointing just watching, like, the game plan going in against a backup quarterback that's never stepped foot onto the field. It just looked like they had our number the whole entire game. And for Josh McDaniels, not to be able to come up with a game plan for that. It's just disappointing. 
And I'm not going to bag on the players or the effort. And we all know Peters, he can't tackle. He's like tackling a paper bag. But just the game plan from the coaches, is, it's just disappointing after the last two years watching this team. Yeah, it was. It was really disappointing, right? And they had an opportunity, and thanks for the call. They had an opportunity, man. I mean, and look, this stretch of the games that they have coming up are tough. We all knew it was going to be tough. But, you know, like Jacoby Myers told me in the locker room following the Patriots game, they have a chance, but how bad do they want it? I keep going back to that and listening to that in my head when he said, because I asked him the question, what does it mean to be 3-3? Three and three? He says, hey, we're, we're in the thick of things. We're in the hunt, right? We have a chance, but how bad do we want it? And then I see the performance that they have on Sunday, and I'm like, damn, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Right? I mean, I think everyone that we talk to, all our insiders that we talk to, all our analysts that, that joined the show, you know, every time I asked them, I said, hey, the Raiders are sitting there at 3-3, three and three, and every one of them to a T said, if you told the Raiders when the season started that they'd be sitting there at 3-3 three and three after six games, that they'd feel pretty good about themselves, especially with an opportunity to go to a bad Chicago and beat the Bears, they'd take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And for them just to squander that opportunity is, is really bad, right? And, I mean, I look at Detroit, tough game. Giants, I know their record's not great, but they play hard. They play hard. Jets, defense is stellar. Miami, I don't have to tell you about Miami. Kansas City, don't have to tell you about Kansas City. Don't look now. They're the best team in the AFC, even though their, their offense hasn't been clicking, my words, right? Hasn't been clicking like it's supposed to. <laughs> They're still 6-1 on a six-game win streak and look like they ain't missing a beat. They're just finding other ways to get it done. And you know what? That's okay. Find other ways to get it done. It doesn't necessarily have to be the high wire act that we're used to seeing, but they're winning games, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Let's go out to Arizona. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Rowe. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up with you? How you doing, man? I'm blessed, brother. Hey, man, it just it just, it just keeps me up, man, that McDaniel's supposed to be this offensive genius, man, and uh, and I haven't seen anything. He's really not showing anything. It's like we're playing not to lose and not playing to win. You know, when he was with New England, he was all creative. I don't know if it was him. Uh, if it was Belichick, you know what I'm saying? But it just seemed like the from last year to this year, it's like nothing's changed. You know, is this offensive? Is this too much for him being head coach and the play caller? You know what I mean? Because he talking about staying the course all the time. But, hey, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, getting the same results. Right. Good stuff, good stuff. Good call, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, man, that's, that's the thing. And I said it before the season that I expected this team to be a really good offense. Like, really expected this team to be a good offense because of all the weapons that they have, and now they have their quarterback in play. But the one concern I had was the quarterback and his availability. People hate to hear it, but it's always the best ability is availability, right? And, and his availability over the course of his career has proven not to be that. He's missed two and a half games so far through seven weeks. I mean, just think about that for a minute. Starting quarterback has missed two and a half games through seven weeks. And it's reports out, Shefty put out on Saturday, that they expect him back for Detroit on Monday. But until we actually know that, we don't know. So that's, that's the only issue that I have with Jimmy G. I have nothing against him personally. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's elite. But I think he's good enough. The only problem with him is his availability. So that's what my concern was always with him. Outside of that, I thought this offense was going to be damn good. I really did. And, you know, full – Fool me, right? Shame on me for thinking that. I thought Devontae was going to go off. I thought Jacoby Myers was going to be the compliment to Devontae, and that was going to be a great one-two punch. I thought Hunter Renfro was going to be involved. <laughs> he wasn't, and he isn't. I thought Josh Jacobs was going to be Josh Jacobs instead of a guy that's averaging less than three yards a carry. A guy that, matter of fact, they put up a, 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 a graphic on the screen on, on Sunday about the last running back, the last rusher that led the league in rushing that averaged less than three yards the next, next season, went all the way back to 73. It's some dude I don't even know. 
Like, I never heard of the guy. I don't know who it was. I forget who his name is. I completely forget what his name was. But it, when they put that graphic on the screen, I was like, who the hell is that? Sound like a guy down at the corner store, right? Not a guy that's a professional running back. It's just all those weapons that they had on the offensive side of things. Offensive line's coming back, you know. They figured it out last year. It's going to be way ahead of where it was last year. It's like nothing on the offensive side has clicked, and it seems like it just hasn't from the jump. There has not been one game where I came away impressed from what I saw offensively. Not one game. And that's the biggest issue. You know, the defense, they surprised me with, the, you know, the way that they were playing, and I was, I was happy for it. Like, hey, this is cool. Defense is fun. But the offense, I mean, for them not to have scored more than 20 points in any game yet this season tells you all you really need to know. That's, that's, that's the problem in a nutshell right there. Let's go ahead and get one more quick call in. How about Shields? Up, Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Q, how you doing? I'm blessed, man. How are you? Pretty good. I mean, the narrative here is, is, is why didn't we win this game? Should have won this game. We know what yeah. Buffalo should have beat New England. And this team should have beat that one. You're going to have these moments. Okay? We're three and four. We got, actually got a better record than last year. Believe it or not. And I'm not flying in the clouds, drinking Kool-Aid. And no, I got you. Okay. So, now, real quick. Analysis. Defense. Um, we definitely overachieved this year. And I think they will continue to overachieve. Patrick Graham had a terrible scheme. Instead of putting stuff in the box, they had to win. The Bears had to win the game and, and establish the game through the run. Yep. Get this kid comfortable. Yep. And he played vanilla. There was a middle line, one middle linebacker. Spillane was in the middle. I watched the game. I'm waiting for the All-22 to come out to really take a look at it. And then all he had was he stacked the defensive ends. Well, they opened up gaps, and he was left there, and they were able to run the ball. Then they threw out some simple outs, and they got him comfortable. And not once did he try to apply pressure. I don't know what the philosophy was, but this is on him. And as far as, listen, these are grown men. They played high school ball, college ball, pro ball. The coach, nobody needs to get these guys amped up. You have a players union. You have leaders in that locker room. That's a separate issue. Separate issue. Usually coaches just let them have it. Right. No, I agree with you. It. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, so that's, that's – I mean, the defense came out flat, Q. The whole Bad. team came out flat. And Marcus Peters, I, promo- I, I loved when we got him. Oakland, cousin of Marshawn Lynch, terrible this year. Big disappointment, man. Um, I, I, you don't even have to put on pads for him to hit you because he ain't going to hurt you. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, the offense – the thing is, is that there's reports, all right, Mayor was down, open down the middle four or five times. Yeah. Obviously, uh, uh, Hoyer didn't see him. Now, to me, McDaniels made the right play call. The problem I have with him is, and I'm chomping at my fingernails, it's close to the end of the first half, and there's guys, there's no hurry-up offense. There's no, you know, go to the no huddle. Mm-hmm. It's methodical. It's plotting. That's my problem with the offense. Okay? And they targeted too early, uh, I think, uh, 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 Devontae. They had him on end of rounds. Come on, man. That's Tucker. So, I mean, but the big thing was, to me, was, was the defense. If the defense would have held them three and out, that would have gave us good field position. And given Hoyer, he's not that great, but he's a veteran, I think if he took that field position – and, and made some plays and got us down there for scoring for scoring chances. 
All right, thanks for the call. Good stuff. And, yeah, the thing, the, the biggest issue with Hoyer was that he was so locked in on Devontae, then so locked in on Jacoby, then so locked in on Devontae way later in the game. Then, you know what I mean? It's like it was never let me spread the ball around. Let me, I don't understand what this one-two punch is, and that's it as far as these rated quarterbacks go. Again, they have weapons on the team, but they, the weapons are worthless. I mean, it might as well be me, Jason, and Vice Raider out there if you're not going to throw us the rock, right? I mean, why not? If, 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 if you ain't going to give us the ball, hell, I can run some routes. They ain't going to be good, but I ain't going to get the ball anyway, so it doesn't matter, right? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's what bothered me is the fact that they wanted to make such an effort to get Devontae the ball. It's like, all right, let's give him the ball five times in a row. Well, at some point, the defense is smart, too. They're going to be like, all right, here it comes a pass to Devontae. Let me jump it. Oh, they did. It was a call to pick six. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the issue. It doesn't matter how many weapons you have if you don't use them. And that's where they've been. And they've been like that all season. That's what's been so frustrating. The one thing I thought that they would be able to do great was distribute the ball and, and get it going multiple different ways. They haven't been able to do that. That's the most frustrating part of it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, 228 is the time. We're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. We've got Major League Baseball on right now. Uh, it's the, what is this, the top of the first? Uh, bottom of the first. Bottom of the first. There you go. Bottom of the first. There's two on, two out. It's 0-0. Game seven, win or go home. Simple as that, Arizona and Philadelphia. Uh, we've got some other games on, some replays and some hoops and some football action, some Sunday night football, and, of course, Monday night football will be on as well here at the Underground Lounge. 229 is the time. Amethia Harris from Sirius XM Radio and the Silver and Black Show. She'll join us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padilla. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We are back here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. Of course, the Niners and the Vikings will be on these screens. Right now, we've got the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. Looks like Arizona just went yard. Looked like they, uh, yeah, they did. They just went yard. So there you go. The Diamondbacks are on the board in Game 7 in the NLCS. has been a hell of a series on both sides of the ball, ALCS and NLCS, when it comes to Major League Baseball. Uh, but we've got a lot going on here. Of course, at the Oyo, they always have their weekly slot tournament where you can win up to $1,000 in free slot play. Uh, that's Tuesday through Thursday, 1 to 3 p.m. Come on by. You can win $500, $200 in free slot play as well, but you might as well go for the big shebang, right? Get the whole $1,000. Make it happen. The Wheel of Fortune slot zone is what they're calling it. Uh, so that's that's what's going on here, plus drinks, food specials, all kind of stuff, and we got all kind of prizes for you to come by and get hooked up with tickets, cups, koozies, T-shirts, bottle openers, whatever you need. Trust and believe we have for you. We also have for you on the phone lines now our good friend from Sirius XM Radio on the Silver and Black Show. That's Amber Theo Harris. And, Amber, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Appreciate you as always. And off top, Amber, I thought Brian Hoyer was the way to go. I thought that that would be the right decision to have him as a starting quarterback. 
clearly it was not. Clearly I was wrong in that situation. But when I look at that game and see the performance by the team in general, I don't really think it mattered who started at quarterback because it was just a bad performance all around. What were you seeing on Sunday? Well, Q, it's a, it's a hard Monday. You know, I think everybody's trying to figure out what we just saw because it was unacceptable on every single level. It wasn't an NFL effort. Um, I think the Lions, who's coming up next on Monday Night Football for the Raiders, are feeling the same way. Yeah. You know, they go in as expected to be one of the best teams of the NFC, and they get blown out by the Baltimore Ravens. So this happens in the NFL. Anybody can lay an egg on any day. It's why we have the cliché of any given Sunday. The problem, the differences between the Lions and the Raiders is I think the Lions are a good team, and I think they have a legit chance to go to the playoffs. What I've seen from the Raiders so far, I don't think they're a good team. I think they have phenomenal players, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the disconnect is, and that's why this is all so hard to swallow, is that teams with less talent are performing better than the Raiders. Right. And that is hard to wrap your head around. Teams don't have Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. They don't have that. Other teams don't. But they're finding ways to win. Um, going forward, well, first let's go back. I do think Brian Hoyer was the, the right call. I think you're absolutely right. Because if it's going to be spot starts, I don't think that's good for the development of a rookie. And the word on the street is that Jimmy Garoppolo could be healthy, possibly play on Monday night. And Josh McDaniels, knowing that, And based on what he saw from Brian Hoyer at the end of the Patriots game, he thought this is the best bet, and I agreed with him. But Brian Hoyer is not the answer. Um, Aiden O'Connell, we don't know yet, but I'd rather see him at this point. Jimmy G is not the answer, though, either. Do they have a better chance when he's healthy of winning with him? Yes. Right now at this moment, yes. But what team in the NFL competes without a really solid elite quarterback that can be on the field every single game? Zero. If you don't have that, you're not going to compete. And it's clear that the Raiders don't have that. So I worry about the future. And then I worry about Devontae Adams, you know, losing Devontae Adams, losing Max Crosby. I know he's the emotional leader of this team. But we listened to Jonathan Allen for the Commanders the other day, what he said, right? Seven years of this crap. And I'm I'm saying it nicely. I'm rephrasing it. I don't want Max Crosby to get to that point. And, I'm, and I worry about that <laughs> yeah. um, because he deserves better. And the stars on this team deserve better. And the defense was horrific. We can talk about the lack of quarterback play all we want, which is a major problem for the Raiders. The defense gave up 173 yards on the ground. They're one of the worst run defenses. They're in the bottom nine in the NFL. And on the road, they give up over 120 yards a game consistently to running backs. And it's not like we've faced, you know, kill us. Right. You know, we haven't faced yeah, Derrick yeah. Henry. Like we, we're not, we're giving this up to Deontay Foreman. Right. He's Khalil Herbert's backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that it, Tyson Bajant looked like Joe Montana. He wasn't asked to do much. He wasn't asked to throw the ball. But there was zero pressure. He was allowed to be comfortable. This is a division two, and I'm not taking anything away from Tyson Bajant because congratulations to him. you got to tip your hat. Um, he did something nobody has done since, I think, the 60s, be a Division II player, come in and, and play like that at quarterback. So you have to tip your hat. But that's embarrassing, that a back, basically a backup, undrafted, Division II rookie, and then a backup running back, not that De- Deontay Foreman is going to stay a backup with the way that he's been running, but 
that was, that's not even their number one guy in Chicago, came in and beat the Raiders. Um, and that's kind of a soul-searching moment when you say, who are we? Right. We can't even compete with the, the, the backups and the undrafted rookies. And I think all of them are probably doing that right now. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I actually was left with more questions than I had answers following that game. I just, I really, you know, there's so many different things that I wanted to ask and trying to figure out what the hell direction this team is going. But I'm glad you mentioned the defense because that really bothered me. The defense has been the strength of the team so far this season. It hasn't been stellar, but it's been good enough. And missed tackles and all the the rushing yards that they gave up to Deontay Foreman, as you mentioned, uh, that really bothered me. And, you know, I'm sure EA had something to say about, you know, Marcus Peters and his Olay when he's trying to tackle as like a a bullfighter instead of really getting in there and putting his head in and and tackling. Like the missed tackles and stuff, that's what really bothered me. It just didn't seem like there was any attention to detail. Well, that's just fundamental football. And when you're not playing fundamental football and you're a professional player and you make millions of dollars a year, you should know how to tackle and you should be giving max effort on the tackles, not just throw your arm out. We showed that play on Raiders game day over and over a couple times. We showed the lack of tackling – um, not just Marcus Peters, but Marcus Epps had a horrible day mm-hmm. tackling. Yep. But the Marcus Peters one bothered you more because it just seemed like, you know, that, that pretty girl. It's like, I just had my hair done. I'm not, I'm not getting involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, let me get out of the way. Don't mess my hair up. Yeah. Like, you're a football player. You're supposed to be a dog. Like, get, you need to hit people. And it just seemed like he wanted none of that smoke. Right. And he makes, he makes good money, and he, he, in his prime, was one of the best to do it. He was a great corner and to, it just doesn't seem like he cares. I, I don't know if he does. I haven't spoken to him about it, so right. you can't say what's in a man's heart. But what we're seeing just doesn't seem like the effort's there, and that's, what you, that's when you start to really struggle. And you have a lot of questions of, of what are we doing here? Um, and then you got the guys like Max Crosby that give Max effort every single play. And that's why I worry about him. What is he going to look around and have a Jonathan Allen moment? Right. And so I'm just tired of this. We, we deserve better. I deserve better. And I don't know what the, the answer is going forward because I'll tell you, um, it doesn't look good. They've got a Lions team that's going to be really upset in Detroit that plays very well in Detroit. That's a good team. Mm-hmm. They got embarrassed. And they're going to be out to prove that that was an anomaly. Um, and so I, I worry about that game. You know, they've got a Jets team. I don't care if it is led by Zach Wilson. Have you seen that defense? Yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you, that's not going to work. Nope. <laughs> that is not going to work. Whatever offense or whatever quarterback the Raiders put out there, they got to face Sauce Gardner and them boys, yep. to quote my friend Deion Sanders, and them. <laughs> Sauce <laughs> and them. And that's not going to be good. No. The Giants, you know, Wink Martindale, you know, the Giants are playing inspired football. They are blitzing. They're throwing the whole kitchen sink at every quarterback. I worry about that defense going up against the Raiders' offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who was who's next after the Giants? Well, I can't got, remember. You what got what you got the uh, you got uh, this week. You got the Lions, then the Giants, Jets, Miami, and Kansas City. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I mean, you just hope the same refs that did that Philly Dolphins game that called ten penalties on the Dolphins and none on Philly, right? Right. You just hope that those same refs maybe give a little love to the to the uh, Raiders, maybe in a makeup situation, yeah. <laughs> give a bunch of penalties, you know, help out. But um, man, that's um, that's tough, um, and I just don't know how it gets better. Third down, sixty-one percent the defense gave up on third down, and so when you're watching that game and it's third down. 
you have zero faith that that defense was going to get off the field, and especially in the red zone. The past two games, the Raiders' defense, or opponents, I should say, opposing offenses, are 5-for-5 in the red zone, 100%. Mm. You get in the red zone 100% of the time, we're going to let you score a touchdown. There's zero faith that they're going to get it done because of stats like that. And there was just nothing good to take away. And I feel bad for Raider Nation. It's the most loyal fan base in the world. And they want nothing but to see this team win. And this ain't it. Right. At all. At all. Really, It really isn't. It's, it's so many, like I said, questions that uh, I don't even think we can answer. Again, we're talking with Amber Thea Harris here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. At what point, especially after a loss like this, what point does or what can a coach do or say to keep this team together? He, he talked earlier today and was really kind of leaning on the leadership, uh, you know, the Crosbys, the Jacobs, the Devontes, like you mentioned, to really keep these guys together. But how, how much does he – can he do to keep this team together, especially after a loss like this? Well, what is he doing to keep the leadership together right. and to keep the leadership on board? Because last time I checked, Devontae Adams wasn't on board. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, last time I checked, Devontae Adams, and I don't know what discussions have happened since Devontae let it be known that he was not happy about not getting the ball. Clearly there was an effort in the first drive. You know, he had four catches in the first drive. He had seven targets in the first quarter. But – after that, he had zero targets, zero catches mm-hmm. in the second quarter. Zero. And then he had two in the third quarter. The first touch after the first quarter, Q, didn't come until with three minutes left in the third quarter. So what, where, why was there that gap? Right. And I heard Josh McDaniel's answer of there's certain coverages and then you know, there's times where he's double teamed and there's times when he's not. And, you know, I always refer, I really respect my co-host, uh, Eric Allen and, and James Jones, and they were they made the point last night. It was a great point. Travis Kelsey is double teamed all the time. Tyree Kill is double teamed all the time. Uh, Cooper Cup double teamed all the time. Stephon Diggs, you can the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams going to be double teamed all the time. All those boys still eat. Yep. You got to find a way. There is a way. Yes, you expect them to be double teamed. He was double teamed in Green Bay, and he has a Hall of Fame career because of it. <laughs> yeah. He was able to get the ball. No, I know he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. So things like that, when going back to your original question of, of what can Josh McDaniels do, I don't know. I don't know the conversations that are happening, but I know Devontae Adams wasn't happy about not getting the ball. Then they make an effort, and then they go away from him. In a game that they're down, right. and should be throwing the ball. And, they're again, not going into the, re- the one time they were in the red zone. You know, they go to him once, and he – he should have caught it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, got it. That's a ball he should have caught. Right. So I can't let Devontae off the hook for that. Uh, but that would have made it 21-10. They're still in the game. But still, like those are the conversations that I wonder. I ask. I don't have the answers. I'm not in that locker room. What is Josh saying to Devontae? Is he keeping him on board? What is Devontae saying to Aiden O'Connell? You know, what is Devontae saying to Jacoby Myers? How is, how is the leadership expected to keep this team together when the leadership might not be happy? Is Josh Jacobs happy? Does he feel happy about what went down in the off season? Yeah, I, I don't think he. I don't think he felt good about that. I don't think he felt valued. Mm-mm. I don't think he came into the season feeling valued or feeling like this team wants him long term because they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do a two year deal with him. I, I think they were asking for twenty two million guaranteed. Wow. So, you know, he he probably didn't. You know, so you want the leadership to fix this, but how does the leadership feel? And right. I don't know. I haven't spoken to, to them. And Josh, I'm sure, I assume, would be speaking to them. But that's, that's a question for Josh. 
Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big issue. I mean, it really is. And, and you know, Josh Jacobs. I'm glad you brought him up. I, obviously, he's not having the season that he wants. Um, you know, it just it's it's so frustrating because you know that he is such a dog and how much he brings to the table. And to not even be able to average three yards a carry, it's got to be killing him inside. And you know, he keeps doing everything he can, but Amber, it's just the run game is non-existent. It's non-existent because why would it be if I? It's a copycat league, mm-hmm. and I know that's I. We always talk in cliche terms, but there's a reason for these cliches. Until you show me that you can run the ball, like I'm going to keep, I'm going, I'm going to, or that you, I'm sorry. Until you show me you can throw the ball, I'm going to keep eight guys in the box. Right. I'm going to throw the whole kitchen sink at the run game, um, because I know that the Raiders aren't going to throw the ball downfield. They only had three receptions of 15 yards was the max amount last last uh, in the game last night, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So they're not they, zero attempts at 20 yards or more. Zero. So nobody's worried about them going downfield. So yeah, I'm going to bring my safety up. Keep everybody in the box and I'm going to stop the one guy that I know led the league in rushing. And until you pop a couple off over my head, I'm going to sit right here. Right. It's the same thing with the defense and, and the run game with the Raiders defense. They had 123 yards off of the left tackle on the perimeter. These teams are looking at film of other teams and going, they cannot contain the run on the outside, so we're going to bounce our running back off the left and the right tackle. Until you show us you can stop it, we're going to keep doing it. And that's, that's why the run game's not working, and that's why the run defense isn't working. And it's like if you don't want a rookie quarterback to run for 12 yards, you know, get a first down and then, you know, get the crowd hyped with his cockiness, then stop him. Right. Stop right. him from doing it. But it's not happening. No. And so that's why I fear that these defenses that are coming in, the Lions are a bunch of dogs, the Jets are a bunch of dogs, the Giants have been dogs. They're going to say, yeah, we're just going to keep doing what the lowly Bears did to beat you. Because we can do that. <laughs> right. No doubt. No doubt. Well, we'll close out with this, Amber. As far as the rest of the season goes, and I don't want to sound like I'm just like, you know, giving up on the season, but what should the ultimate goal be? What, what should the Raiders be trying to get accomplished the rest of the way? I think, number one, you've got you to put Aiden O'Connell out there if Jimmy can't go. Because you know what you have in Brian Hoyer, and that wasn't it. Um, Aiden O'Connell at least has a ceiling, higher ceiling. See what you have. Look, the season isn't done. They're, they're three and four. Right. Have some professional pride. There's a lot of guys there that care, and they're some of the best in the NFL. Try to figure out a way to not to, to be upset about that embarrassment. Go out there and showing that we can be the guys on any given Sunday. Like, we thought that we were going to kill the Bears. The Bears didn't believe that, and they came out and got a win. We can be that team against the Lions. We can be that team against the Jets. We can beat Zach Wilson. They've got to believe in that any given Sunday and figure out a way to care because it didn't look like some people. Not I can't speak for everybody. Max is, is the person that always cares. Devontae cares. Right. But look like you care, Marcus Peters. Yeah. You know, look, look like it. It's embarrassing. You get paid to do this. You're a professional. Have professional pride and go out there and win one that nobody expected you to win. And then go from there. And that's, that is the, another cliche, one game at a time. Go snag one from the Lions. Go shock everybody. Right. Because you should be upset. 
Yep, they're going to be upset, that's for sure. The Lions are going to be upset, that's for sure. So how will the Raiders yeah. react after uh, the way they got beat down by the Chicago Bears? So many issues that the Bears had, and they look like a well-oiled machine going up against the Raiders on Sunday, which, again, as you mentioned, was very embarrassing. So uh, what are you working on? I know you're working on everything, but what are you working on that I should be on the lookout for? <laughs> Uh, well, we got the Silver and Black show coming up on Thursday. So we've been sitting here planning that today, what angles we're going to talk about. Uh, looking forward to some pretty cool national guests coming on that. So that's the most immediate for Raider Nation to check out. But always check me out uh, at Amber Theo Harris on X and at Amber Theo one at uh, Instagram. Always try to keep people posted on everything. There you go. Well, you do a fantastic job. I'm always checking you out. Always make me smarter every time I check you out. So I definitely appreciate you. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Oh, thanks for having me on. Always good to talk a little ball with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Amber Thea Harris right there, Sirius XM Radio, Silver and Black Show with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're at the Oyo, the hotel and casino. We're here every Monday night for Monday Night Football. The Diamondbacks are up 3-0 right now on the Phillies in the bottom of the second. Don't look out now, but uh, Arizona's looking for the World Series. Who will they play, though, the Rangers or the Astros? ALCS game number seven is later on this evening. Coming up next, we'll get to your calls. We'll get to your texts. Plus, hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We met with him earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.